Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Welcome into another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek here with you. And on this week's episode, we will give uh, the Middletown flag football team, girls flag football team, uh, their just due is, is they, they won the Frederick County uh, Championship uh, inaugural season. Uh, they, they beat uh, the clear prohibitive favorite, uh, Urbana, by just a couple of yards uh, in, in, in the championship game. Uh, to, to claim that championship and uh, coming in the studio this week will be uh, uh, Mike Franklin, uh, co-head coach, uh, his daughter Kaylee, the team's quarterback, as well as the team center, uh, Riley Kennedy. Uh, so look forward to talking about them. Uh, what did it mean to them to be a part of this uh, first girls flag football season? What did it mean to win the championship? Uh, 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 sort of being the underdog and, and upsetting the heavy favorite. What changes would they make? What did they like? What did they didn't like? What, what did they not like uh, so much? So we'll talk to uh, Coach Mike Franklin and, and, and the two girls about that. And uh, joining me now is someone that knows a lot about flag football uh, here in Frederick County. He covered it all season. It's my colleague Alexander Dacey at the Frederick News Post. And uh, uh, about a week or so ago, you wrote a column uh, saying uh, <clears throat> what you like, what you liked and, and, and maybe – feel needs uh, tweaked uh, coming into uh, the second season next fall. Um, just summarize um, your uh, column there, your, your, your thoughts on that and, and, and any sort of feedback you might've received. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the broad thing is that first of all, I mean, I obviously loved the season, you know, by and large, it was a really cool and unique thing and seems like it's got a lot of groundswell, a lot of momentum, um, you know, certainly, more coming in the in the future years and you know i really really like a lot of it but really i i I, there were sort of three i guess rule changes i kind of wanted to see you know implemented right away i mean there's a couple other things that i've got in my head but i kind of wanted to you know focus on three specific three specific things uh just to sort of maybe make the game you know make a little more sense or maybe flow a little bit better um and i know this is sort of the the guinea pig trial year so now that we have a year of like a, a full year of games, a full year of, you know, feedback from players, from coaches, fans, all that, all that. I think, um, you know, there, there's, there's a good sort of, I think, baseline we can, you know, they can sort of tweak as they go. But um, yeah. So the first thing, and I know we mentioned this before was just, just the overtime format. Like I, I feel like there needs to be a, you have to define a winner, you know, and, and that's not to say, you know, Middletown, obviously Middletown obviously won, right. The championship, but you, you should not have an end on a yardage competition where I, when I got a copy of the rule book, there's actually not a specification for what happens if the teams get the same number of yards, which I feel like was a bit of an oversight. So I, I feel like you've got to just end it on a score, either, either on a score or somebody stopping a score, because that's basically how every other sport works, right? It's like, you're not, you, you, you're, you're not, you're not in some like, I don't want to say arbitrary yardage competition, but it, it, it almost feels like it's a cheap way to, to end something again i i get it they're trying to wrap it up quickly but well well why why yeah. well right there why is speed the priority over putting on a quality game and sort of event here so i so a big part of it is um you know with with the fact that it's just a more wide open game i guess in general seven on seven you know these, these games are sort of i i guess i guess starting from like the like the rec level and kind of building up it was always built with a with a speed element in mind. And, and again, because you're not tackling, because it's not, it's not a con, not supposed to be a contact sport or a physical sport, if you will. 
Um, but but but, really but is it answer. isn't it more important to get, put on a good fair game than to get it over as quickly as possible? Yes, and and I will say for 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 this rule set specifically, this is a combination. I think so when they designed the rule set, they they took from kind of a couple different um, couple different flag football things, and I believe this rule comes from the NFL's flag football initiative and so i'm not exactly i not honestly did not actually look into the reason why the nfl you know made that determination other than hey we just want to get you know you know we want these games are fast we wanted to get it over and done with um but yeah it, it, it you know it's it's definitely something where where i again i sort of see the logic of uh, uh of it fits with the speediness of the sport but yeah it, it does really feel weird you know that there's not like a not not like a not like a hard and fast. Okay, we have somebody scored and somebody else didn't. That's over. Um, you know, if you get to if you get to a certain point, obviously, you know, it was that only happened one time this year, but it was also in the most important game of the entire season. So I would just like a little more definition, a little more clarity, and a more sort of you know. I I, I won't say normal overtime, but like an overtime that just makes a little falls in line a little more so uh middletown gained two yards yes. so you're saying we don't know what would have happened next if urbana gained two yards uh correct because the rule book does not specify what happens if the rule just says whichever team gains the most yards wins which uh. does not specify what would happen if urbana got two yards so that's another oversight it, that I was like a major I, catastrophe avoided because it, it doesn't yeah. seem like a herculean event to get two yards no, and and I and I there, there's a part of me that almost wonders, like you know, when when they were pulling this together, if if they were like, we never thought we'd get this far, kind of deal, right? And again, they didn't get, they didn't have to worry about getting that far until the until the final game, because typically, you know, I, I guess I guess the the idea is, first of all, most of these games are not going to go to overtime, right? Second of all, most of them are not going to get to the third overtime, and third of all. You're most of the time you're not going to have to. It's not going to be like a two yard gain, right? I think they're expecting the teams are going to be have to gain, you know, more yards than that. Isn't this um, why you don't yeah. have yardage competitions and you make exactly. it and you make it a score and non score just so exactly. these these games don't end? First of all, there's clarity about the outcome. You either score or you don't score. Second of all, you don't have to write a rule book that's what if this goes on for a hundred rounds and 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 we still have. The same yardage being gained uh, too. I mean, it just it, takes the indefinite thing out of the equation, right? And again, fortunately, we didn't have to deal with that. But yeah, that's kind of a big reason. It's like it almost seems like it, were, it was a bit of an oversight. And I'm I'm guessing again. And so what I was told was that you know they are soliciting feedback, and you know whether or not any of these rule changes happen, obviously TBD. But I have a feeling that's going to be the very first thing they're looking at, and. And I'm sure they're getting feedback, like have a more defined, have a way so it doesn't feel like it'll go on indefinitely, right? Have a more defined kind of, you know, way that it ends in a more, I guess, um, a, a, a more a more clear way, if that makes sense. So let's let's say Urbana gets two yards too, and this is obvious speculation, but what do you think they would have done at that point? Um, I'm guessing they would have just re basically re-rolled and done it again. Um, that's did, the did, 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 did just keep running the same sequence until someone has a greater yardage? <laughs> Probably. 
that that's that's my guess but but again they're making it up yeah. they're making it up as they go though because right. because there's not there's nothing to say that's how we decide this right that, that that's i mean <laughs> it, it didn't hit me how sort of crazy that could be until until we just started talking about it now that we we're getting we're into a situation where the rule book doesn't govern what we're doing anymore yes. so that, that that's got to be an obvious thing that they that they yeah. correct so were there were there other things that you would tweak yeah so the other two were, were that one was just very blatant and kind of obvious and like obviously the big talking point so these other two are a little more of my own you know to my own personal observations and tastes um the second thing is 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 sort of tempering the running clock because again i like the idea of encouraging speed and encouraging the game to go but the fact you know with the running clock with the clock running for 19 out of the 20 you know minutes before the final minutes just a, a, it's like a typical football progression with the clock um when there's you know fourth downs and turnovers and and all that stuff and punts and and scores the clock's still running and that's killing two three like a lot like a lot of minutes so there's just a lot of dead time where the clock is running and the teams are like you know have to walk down the field they're changing their personnel all that stuff and you you there was you could definitely see i mean even in the even in the championship game you know there was a point when i think urbana both urbana and middletown realized it was a defensive game they started like milking the play clock on fourth downs to where they would basically burn some extra time you know 30 40 seconds and then on top of the like, you know, 60 ish seconds it already takes to, you know, s switch over the drives and set up. So it's just a lot of extra downtime, which almost makes it feel like the actual, I guess, percentage of game time that you have is really maybe 70 ish percent of the entire clock, 60, 70 percent, which doesn't feel like it almost feels like if, if the games are ending too fast, if that makes sense. And I know we, we you know, we've we've talked about, you know how low scoring a lot of these games are, especially with, you know, teams that are a little bit better and they're getting more stops. So, you know, I had a suggestion where it's basically like stop the clock on fourth downs, you know, scores and like change of possession. Right. So what, what about uh player runs out of bounds and incomplete passes? I'm, I'm okay. At least for now, keeping that running as is, if it's, you know, again, kind of just in the normal flow of like an offensive, series um what what again, would it be too much to stop it after incomplete passes because there's probably a lot of incomplete passes yeah and again i i think there are there are a good number of incomplete passes because again it is a passing dominated sport um for for the most part so i i'm okay again especially given that the idea is the games you know are supposed to go fairly fast that you know it, it's really just limited at least for now to those sorts of you know breaks and changes of possession where where you're, where it's where you're really killing time right because if you throw an incomplete pass you still have a play clock so it's it's not like you know and, and what about getting out yeah. of bounds to stop the clock like they do in regular football um again i'm i'm okay keeping that to just the final minute as well um again at least for now maybe maybe check back in a year or two maybe my opinion will change but at least for now i feel like you know it, 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 I don't want to say it can be exploited because that's obviously, you know, how most football is played. But in order to sort of match the mission that they're trying to do of, you know, keeping some of the, keeping the pace of the game, 
if you're stopping the clock where they're running out of bounds, if people might keep running it, people might run out of bounds on a lot of plays, then it really slows it down. And then, 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 then it's a whole issue of like, oh, it's too slow. We need to like, you know, backtrack. So I'd, I'd rather, in this something like this, I'd rather go kind of incrementally than go all the way and then have to pull back if we realize, oh, these games that were suddenly, you know, taking, you know, an hour, hour 10 are now taking hour 45, two hours. Like, I, I feel like there's like a, at least for now, there's a little middle ground you can hit. So, 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 so the big, kinda, so the big stop that yeah. you're talking about is like change of possessions. Yeah. Like change of possession, um, which I guess includes like scores and fourth downs, but yeah. Okay. Um, that's where, that's where I feel like the bulk, the majority of the time is lost. Okay. So, um, so, so, so define the overtime better, uh, incorporate a couple logical clock stoppages. Yeah. Did you have another one? Yeah, and then the third one's a very specific thing, but it's something I noticed uh, is that on every offensive penalty, you lose a down as well in, in addition to the yardage that you lose. It doesn't matter if it's like an intentional like intentional grounding or not, which just feels kind of weird because it's like you're already being penalized once. Why are you being penalized again? And especially if it's like a third down, like if you get a false start on a third down, that basically ends your drive because you'd lose the five yards and you'll lose the, the down. So it's a, you know, probably a fourth and long. And unless you're in like, you know, deep in the other team's territory, you're probably just punting, you know, because of a false start. So it, it it's one of those words like that one. I just don't fully understand why you're penalizing them twice. You know, like, like I, I either make it the yardage or make it the down. And I, I would prefer the yardage. You know? do, do they need to make the game more offensive friendly? Uh, like, are people going to be going for these low scoring games in the long term? Um, that's a good question. And I, I think it's hard to say. Um, obviously, offense is more exciting. And, and I think and I think, again, the rules were sort of made in the, with, with the mindset of, encouraging offense now again i feel like maybe this is also because these are my ideas so i think they're good but you know i think just some of the tweaks i'm encouraging i feel like maybe would make it make it i guess so there is more offense right or so you're you're giving more offensive chances and you're you're you're, i guess increasing the odds that there is more scoring um again because as we you know as we saw this year right you know if you have a you know, a competent team or a competent defense, these games are not going to get crazy, crazy lopsided with scoring. I mean, you know, Urbano was our best team all year. And, you know, even when they were playing, you know, you know, better teams, they were at most scoring, you know, two or three touchdowns a game. Right. So their scoring was usually in like the 14 to 14 to 21 range, somewhere thereabouts when they were, you know, against some of the better teams. So even our, you know, our best team all regular season long and, um, you know, wasn't even scoring a ton. And, I mean, relatively, relatively yeah, yeah. And, and does the defensiveness of the game, does that really hurt the viewing of it? I mean, does that really diminish it at all? I, I wouldn't, I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't say maybe at least not right now. And, and again, I, maybe it's because I, I think some of the defensive plays are, you know, honestly pretty pretty amazing right that a lot of these kids are making but yeah it it, it, i think it's just sort of a combination effect of like if it's already a defensive game where there's not a lot of scoring and the clock is already being you know chopped off a lot with the running clock and you know you're having all these little extra you know things where it's like oh you're, you're 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 losing the extra down on a penalty stuff like that right 
it almost feels like that's why you saw a lot of games where the results were like 12 6 12 7 13 you know 13 7 14 um six we had a couple six nothings we had i mean we had we had two one nothing games for christ's sake right like you, you know it, it's one of those things where i feel like there's there's a way to there's a way to encourage that speed and and encourage that offense but not I not put too much of a limit on it, if that makes sense. But also, again, you got to find a middle ground where it's like, okay, there's there's not too much of a limit, but you're also not letting them totally run wild. Where the final scores, you know, final scores of these games are like, you know, fifty to fifty to forty or whatever. Um, I know. I guess we had one. It was the first week of the season. There was a there was a game where it was a little higher scoring like that, but. I mean, aside from that, that was a, that was an anomaly. Is the overtime yeah. fine and the choices it provides fine, except for the yardage competition? Yeah, I'm okay with the idea of like give them a choice. You know, one, two, three point conversion, um, and then and then I guess the second overtime is a two and a three point conversion, um, at least under the current rule book. I would be okay if even if they modify it just so it's like you have your choice on every, you know, like every conversion try, you have your choice if you want to do one or two. Um, but again, I think that's, that's something, that's something they'll probably, you know, have to hash out. I guess I don't have a super strong preference as long as, as long as it just ends on somebody either getting a score or getting like Stopped. stopping a score. Right. You know? right. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Cause we have to have, we have to be operating under the rule book from start to finish here, not yeah. making things up as we go. Um, did you get any feedback? Did anyone chime in with any interesting suggestions? Um, I did not see any explicit suggestions either emailed or sent to me. Um, I had a couple people say like, nice suggestion, but aside from that. I, <laughs> okay. I, but, but, I, but no, one, no, no one was offering their own, uh, tweaks or ideas. Not, not that, not that I saw, not that were not that was directed to me. Now <clears throat> the, the caveat I have to put in is with, um, is is when I post these things on Twitter now, my Twitter app is so screwed up that I, I, I oftentimes don't actually see people's replies anymore. So maybe somebody did reply and I just didn't see it. But, <laughs> okay, um, you got lost yeah. in the in, got lost in the Twitter uh, sphere. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if this made it into our last big comprehensive uh, mm. discussion about flag football, but um, it doesn't seem or the chances that Frederick County is the only county playing flag football, girls flag football in Maryland is what next year? The, the chances that they're the only county are, I'd say pretty close to zero. Um, I know there was a lot of momentum in Montgomery County. Um, and there were a lot of other counties that, had, you know, I think Montgomery County making sense being in the biggest county, right. You know, they're probably going to be the ones who would jump at this next, but you know, there were representatives from a ton of other counties at varying, you know, varying points throughout the season, some at the championship, some from the start. Um, I know Howard was Howard's been there, Baltimore uh, County and City, um, uh, were, were have have been there at varying points. I think Carroll's been there, Anne Arundel. I think Cecil County's even been there. So how, how many? Basically, all the counties you would expect. Yeah, uh, how many yeah. do you think could climb on board for next fall? Um, I'd say somewhere in the one to. Th- three range would probably make the most sense somewhere you know where it's like we're definitely getting at least probably one more getting added i could see in you know one or two others maybe um i don't know 
Now, if it's more than that, that'd be amazing. But I, I think again, it's going to be like an you know like an incremental thing where there's a couple next year, a couple the year after that, and sort of the hope was that you you know with the funding for this and at least initially being three years, the hope is that you know by the end of that third year, there's enough schools um, or enough districts on board to you know to make it a state sanctioned, state sponsored sport. And I forget the exact number, but I think you only need like something like seventy five or eighty schools to um uh in maryland uh or in the mpssa to for to like qualify as a like 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 a state sanctioned sport so i mean just get a couple of the big counties on there and you're already you're, you're already getting pretty close to pretty close to that number i mean montgomery county alone is 25 um and i think prince george's is prince george's and baltimore i think are somewhere close to that Howard's like 12. I think Anne Arundel's around 12 as well. So, you don't, you don't, we're not going to really need a ton of counties to, you know, tick this off and get it going. Yeah. So, how, how long do you think before state titles are awarded in girls' flag football? I, I would say after that three year period. So, probably year, 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 year four, you're talking about? Year four, probably. Okay. Um, so, I, I would be very surprised. Maybe, maybe, maybe it goes another year, maybe year five, but definitely within you know, the next three to four years, I'd say. So within five years, we'll be awarding yes. state titles in this sport. You're pretty confident. Yeah, I, I'd be very, very confident. Okay. In that. Well, we, we look forward to getting uh, Coach Franklin and uh, Kaylee and, uh, and, and Riley's uh, opinion on this too. And we'll, and we'll ask him this stuff uh, uh, coming up here shortly on the podcast. But uh, let's move over to traditional football. Football is the only sport uh, we have left uh, for the fall season. And we're down to three teams, uh, the, uh, the two you would expect, um, Oakdale and Ligonor in 3A, one win away from setting up the first All-Frederick County State Final. And then you have Walkersville, uh, who's playing about as well as anyone in the state right now in 2A. They, they've, they've caught absolute fire um, here in the playoffs, uh, haven't allowed a point in the playoffs. I think their margin is 156 to it's, – it's, it's above 140 to zero um, yeah. um, so, so far in the playoffs. We're down to those three teams. The teams that bowed out um, last week were uh, Middletown, uh, Urbana, uh, Catoctin, and uh, Frederick uh, bowed out um, last week in the state quarterfinals. Uh, but we're down to three. Uh, Oakdale will host uh, City College. Uh, Ligonor will host uh, Northern Calvert um, in 3A. And then Walkersville goes to Huntingtown in uh, 2A. Um, we'll take the games uh, one by one here. Uh, City and Oakdale is interesting to me because uh, City has a has a big time uh, quarterback. Uh, his name is uh, <clears throat> Nicholas Cyrus, I believe, um, and he's thrown for yes, Nicholas Cyrus. He's he's thrown for almost four thousand yards and forty five touchdowns. Uh, he's added another ten uh, uh, touchdowns and more than five hundred yards rushing. Uh, so this kid has uh, accounted for 55 touchdowns this season and more than 5,000 yards uh, just, just by himself. Um, so for the first time this season, Oakdale is going to have to defend uh, a, a pretty big-time quarterback prospect. And uh, they have Dom Nichols. They have a good defense. Uh, but, but, but to me, that, that's going to be interesting to uh, watch unfold. Yeah, and I know he um, – I, I think uh, Cyrus – I want to say it was in the city poly game. I think he set some state record single game pass record. He had like close to 700 yards. So yeah, just that sort of, you know, aerial, you, you know, I, I guess Oakdale's face teams who have good, you know, good passing attacks and good threats on the outside, but this is probably going to be uh, probably the best or the toughest 
um, that they're going to face. So, you know, this is really, I guess, a test for their defensive backs. And I mean, again, they've, they've been, they've been up to the task in all these games. And, you know, even when they're, um, you know, even when they're not playing well, they're still putting up ridiculous points. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this, this one, I, this one I can very easily see turning into a track meet. Now I, I think Oakdale's probably got a little too much firepower to, um, you know, for, for city to ultimately hold on. And I think Oakdale's, defense is, is is strong enough yeah i mean where, it helps to have dom nichols yeah. uh uh, uh yeah. a, a michigan uh defensive end recruit yeah. and uh hunter thompson playing quarterback a uh, division one recruit and, and some of the other really good players they have on defense so that that could help contain uh nick cyrus but but it, it's just to me it's just an interesting challenge like this oakdale team that's been awesome and has been rolling teams uh all season long uh, they, they haven't faced really an offensive threat uh, all due respect to Ethan Arneson and stuff, uh, they haven't quite faced the scoring machine uh, quite like this yet. I mean, I'm guessing what Frederick was probably the biggest aerial threat or the biggest like, probably guess, yeah Dave, uh, Davion Pryor and the speed that they face. I would say that's probably the closest thing to that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know that was also the the weird week with with the Thursday games, and I know Frederick was coming off a short week with the with the rain out and stuff. So I know, I know, I know that I know the scoring, I don't think was quite as high in that game, but yeah, I mean, this is, seems like at least from the, from a pure speed and like, you know, aerial kind of air raid type approach, this will be their first, first time facing, you know, a team like this. And and they're going to have to score some points, which they're, which they've been doing all season. I don't think they've been held under 40 points since they played Ligonor in uh, mid September. So they're gonna have to score some points. I I, I like Oakdale um, in a sort of a high scoring game, but but it, it's just the, the 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 test that this presents sort of fascinates me. Um, Ligonor Northern Calvert is a rematch of the 2021 uh, 3A state final won by Northern Calvert. Um, Ligonor avenged their state final loss in 2018 to Franklin last week. Their their, their revenge tour for the Lancers uh, continues this week against Northern Calvert. Uh, Northern is eight and four. Uh, they lost to um, um, some of the schools in the other classifications that, uh, that, that are still playing. Um, they lost. <clears throat> um, they lost to uh, Huntingtown. Uh, they lost to uh, Patuxent. So the, the football in Southern Maryland is is is, is pretty darn good. Uh, you, you see that with North Point, uh, who who knocked out Frederick High last, uh, last week. So. Northern eight and four. Um, I think they could score, but but I think the question will be: Can they stop Ethan Arneson in that Ligonor offense enough? Yeah, and and again, I don't. It, it's I guess it's almost like a clash again, sort of the clash of styles. Which again, Ligonor's Ligonor's won games like that before, you know, where they where they just, I mean they just rely on their bread and butter ground, you know, kind of grinding it out. And it, this is where it's it's also nice when you have somebody like. Uh, Christian Petrozella, right? Who can sort of, you know, if they need if they need him to air it out a little bit, he can. Um, I mean, I th- I think Lingenor, you know, they're just sort of they're just sort of going to just keep going. And I know I know it was sloppy for a lot of the Franklin game last week, but I I think they, you know, you know, I I think they're going to be up to it. And I think I think I think you know Arneson and Co. eventually just kind of, you know, do, does enough to put away Northern Coward. This one will probably be, this one I think will be close, but. Um, I, I think I, I, I'd give Lingonor, Lingonor an edge. Uh, Northern's yeah. losses are to Great Mills. They lost to them by one point on the road. They lost to Patuxent, uh, who knocked out Middletown and, and is still alive in the 2A, 1A semifinals. 
They lost to Calvert, who's the top seed in 2A-1A, and they lost to Huntingtown, the team that's going to play Walkersville um, in 2A. So they, so the, the smaller schools down there are really good. I mean, Northern's a good yeah. 3A school, and they're losing to these good uh, 2A, uh, 2A-1A schools. So those are Northern's uh, four losses. In the playoffs, they've beaten St. Charles, Arundel, and Chesapeake. Uh, and they've scored points. They beat 30, they scored 37 to beat St. Charles, 42 to beat Arundel, and 28 to beat Chesapeake. So they could score. It just my question is, do they have enough defense to stop Ligonor uh, in in that game? Right. And, and then you have Walkersville, who's, who's just been uh, uh, crushing people so far. That they've totally hit their stride with 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 their offense. They found their identity midseason with with this two headed uh, running attack with. Um, uh, Demarcus Ross and uh, Jordan Bennett, and, and and they're they're playing really good defense too. Like they they haven't allowed um, any points so far in playoff wins over uh, Poolsville. Um, <clears throat> who do Walkersville beat in the second round? Damascus. Uh, Damascus. Yes. Who, how, how could I forget that? Uh, the the three <laughs> A champ uh, last year, and then they beat Owings Mills, who was the top seed in two uh, A. Uh, 42 nothing last week. They've won their last two games 42 nothing, and they beat Poolsville 56 nothing. So they've just been awesome so far in the playoffs. Their confidence is sky high. But I think Huntingtown, coming from that rich football area with with, with the wins they have, I, I, I think this will be a pretty formidable challenge for Walkersville. Yeah, this is the one I feel like I have the hardest time handicapping this week because – like Walkersville clearly is playing their best right now and they have all the confidence in the world and all that. But uh, uh, Huntingtown, I know likes to, is a bit more of a passing team and they, they, I think sort of present some or present, I guess, a style of football or some threats that I guess Walkersville hasn't seen um, in a little while. So I, I fully think Walkersville will be competitive in this game. And um, I, I just don't know. And again, I also just don't know enough about Huntingtown aside from, you know, the, the bits and pieces I'm able to, you know, pick up, pick up from, from online. Yeah. They, they, they lost I, a high, I think they're pretty, yeah. They lost a high scoring game to Patuxent who I said beat Middletown last week, 42, seven, and they're still alive in the two, a one, a bracket. That was a high scoring game, 41, 31. So they scored 31 in a loss. And then they lost to Calvert, uh, uh the top seed in two, a one, a 16 to six. But other than those two games, they, they've, they've been scoring a lot of points uh, in, in every game. Six is by far their lowest output of the season. Most of their other outputs are 30 to 40 points. Um, they scored 26 in a win over Northern. So, so yeah, I, I think this will be a big test for the Walkersville defense. Uh, can the Walkersville offense operate at peak efficiency like they have been so far in the playoffs and, and, and keep the pressure on Huntingtown? I, I, I think that'll be the big question in the game. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I, I think they, they definitely are capable of doing that. Um, you know, again, I, I don't, it, I, this is also, I know a time where it's a little harder. You don't have as much information on your opponent and scouting them is probably a little trickier. So you know, I, I don't know exactly what, you know, at least on the defensive side, right. You know, what, what, what they sort of, you know, know or expect um, from, from the, from the Huntingtown, uh, from the Huntingtown offense. But I, I think the defense, I think at least on the Walkersville side for offense, I think they just really got to stick with their, <clears throat> stick with their bread and butter because it's been working and, you know, nobody's really, been, at least through these first couple rounds of playoffs, nobody's really been able to stop it um, uh, with, with, with Ross and Bennett. So, I keep going with that. And I know, I know you've got, you know, serviceable quarterbacks, you know, who can, 
you know, who they, who they, who they rotate in and can do, you know, can throw, can throw, you know, can, I guess, lead a passing drive if they need to. Um, and I know they, they, I know they have passed ball a little bit more recently, but yeah. And, and they have, really and they have just, uh, yeah. Darius Eubanks is a pretty good receiver. Uh, Tristano Manconi is a pretty good receiver. So they, they have capable, they can, they can throw the ball if they have to, Yeah. but, but man, did they find themselves, did they find themselves mid season with, with this uh, rushing attack? Say Huntingtown's the favorite, but I definitely give Walkersville uh, uh, probably better than a puncher's chance uh, to, to maybe uh, pull uh, <clears throat> another upset and, um, and 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 make their first state final since 2016. And then, of course, uh, an all Frederick County 3A final would would be absolutely insane uh, if um, Ligonor and Oakdale both win. Yeah, I. I... I, I know I know we sort of I guess had mentioned the possibility at varying points, you know, about oh, this could happen or oh, these are the two best, you know, we think these are the two best teams in three A. You know, let's hope they end up on opposite sides of the bracket. And obviously, you know, we we found out last week they did. And yeah, I don't really know what else to say. You know, there's a say that hasn't been said. I mean, it's pretty unique and remarkable. And I'd have to go back and look at least in this um uh this I guess newest um newest playoff system the last couple of years where there were something like this is you know has been more possible but well last year you had fort hill and mountain ridge. mountain ridge yeah right but aside from that i can't think of one off the top of my head where it's been another intra-county state final well um, you could have it again in a couple ways this year because that southern maryland region um that southern mm-hmm. maryland conference up uh, like patuxent Calvert, um, Calvert, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, we we could have a couple of scenarios this year, um, where where we have sort of the same geographic area playing in the state final. So, all right, Mr. Dacey, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk girls' flag football with uh, Coach Mike Franklin, his daughter Kaylee, and uh, Riley Kennedy of the Middletown uh, Frederick County Champion girls' flag football team. Stay with us here on the final score. All right, joining me in studio right now are three members of the Frederick County Champion Middletown Girls Flag Football Team. Uh, coach Mike Franklin, who every, everyone knows very well, longtime coach here in Frederick County. Uh, his daughter, Kaylee, uh, who was the quarterback of the championship team. And the center uh, for the championship team, Riley Kennedy. Folks, thanks for being here. Congratulations on your championship. Thank you. Thank, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Mike, what can you say about this group of young ladies? Oh my gosh, what a special group! You know, the journey was was incredible, uh, but the, these kids—they were so much fun to be around. Greg, I I can't put it into words to be able to spend that time with these kids. It was amazing. Girls flag football. Well, what sort of dynamic has that added to Frederick County sports? Would you say? Oh my, you know, we didn't know how big this was going to get. You know, we showed up at that first game against Urbana the first night, and. Uh, and and the, the the atmosphere was electric, and it never slowed down. I mean, it never slowed down. It was the learning curve was steep, uh, but the crowd was was incredible, and the game was. You know, I coached football for 15 years, Baker for 20. We didn't realize how fast this game was. I mean, it it is it is fast. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into some of the dynamics of it. What what you like, what you what you think maybe could be tweaked and, and improved for next season. But yeah, what was the learning curve? You were a co-head coach with Andy Baker. Um, you guys are coach other sports in the county too, so so coaching wasn't new to you, but but coaching this was new. Yeah, it's a it's a funny story how I got into it. So you know, Bake had 
uh, we, we're longtime best friends. He coaches, of course, at, at rival Middletown at baseball, and as and I'm coaching at Catoctin. And but but you live in Middletown, and right? I live in Middletown. I live right. about a block from the school, to be honest with you. And so. He had asked several times through the offseason if I was interested in coaching, and I'm coaching my son's travel team. I mean, there's I'm into so many things, helping Kaylee with track, and I just kept saying no. So uh, Baker, being the guy he is, <laughs> and he's he's the, he's awesome, uh, calls my wife, uh, says, "Hey, I'm I, I really like Mike to coach. I know he's going to use you know family time as a reason." And so he got her blessing without me knowing. Got my daughters, Kaylee and Haley's blessing. And so uh, the day of, literally the day of the first practice, he calls me up and says, this is your last chance. You're never going to see your daughters again and have a chance to coach them. They're going away to college. They'll forget who you are. I mean, he really laid it on thick. So I ended up doing it. And, and you know, God bless Coach Baker for, for, for letting me be a part of this. He's, he's, he's incredible. And uh, I'll, I'll speak more to that. But that first game, man, Greg, we, you know, we're playing Urbana, who – I want to make sure I give them their due. They're the reason we have this. You know, they've been doing this for four or five years. Their coaches are, are first class. They've, 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 they've kind of paved the way for girls football in Frederick County. They're the reason we have it. So to open with them was a, was a, was a curse and a blessing at the same time. You know, they, they, they beat the heck out of us. It was 20 to nothing, and it didn't even feel that close. They were really good. And you're not a very good coach if you can't get your butt kicked and look over on the other side and say, you know what, I should be, uh, I should be taking notes. You know, what are they doing that's so successful? What, what little cues can I take and can we take back to our kids? So we did not have our kids prepared, you know, at all, uh, to, if we're being honest. It was a very poor coach, coaching job. And so after the game, Bake and I met, and, you know, he's a great coach and a great guy. And, and we said, okay, so let, what changes do we need to make? And, and we made a mess of them. Right, and, and a couple of months later, you beat Urbana in the championship game. It was at the Ravens, uh, or it was at the Under Armour uh, facility. Uh, the Ravens were a big part of it, too. Um, Kaylee, how were you able to turn that result around and win the championship, would you say? Um, well, I would say, to begin with, day one team to the last day was completely different. Those were two different teams. We had different offense. We had, we had different um, different plays. Everything was different, and I just think the way we played, we played more like ourselves, and I think like we carried our athleticism through it. We have a lot. I would say we're one of the most athletic teams on the county, and, and we knew Urbana was, was the team to beat, so we went into it with the right mindset and, and just became a completely different team than we were day one. Riley, how did you react when you guys prevailed uh, on, on the final play there, 7-6? to six? I, I was shocked. I was baffled. I, I mean, I knew we could do it because we had just come together as a team. We we're comfortable with each other. We knew what was going on, and we knew that we had it. We knew that we could do it. So, Yeah, uh, Kaylee, what was your level of confidence going into the championship, knowing that Urbana was a really great team? Going into the championship game, I mean, we all had nerves, but I think it helped to come from the game before that against Liganor, who's another good, really good, like, really good athletic team. So our adrenaline carried over, and we knew we could do it. I mean, we were... We, we were not scared. We knew we could go into it and, and win this game, so... I mean, the confidence was there, and I think that's what, what led us through the championship. How would you say you guys got better over the course of the season, from 20 to nothing against Urbana down to, to, to beating them at the end of the season? Um, we changed our offense completely after the beginning of the season because it, it, it just wasn't working for us. It wasn't what – we didn't have enough prior football knowledge to run off the offense we were trying, and then we tried something new, and, and from there it completely turned around. We were – 
we ran the ball more than any other team in the county, and I think that helped us because we have some really fast athletes on our team. Yeah, it helps to have a track superstar right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Ava, Ava Allen on your team, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that definitely helps. And and we, we utilized our athletes in our, in our different areas. I mean, we have a lot of lacrosse college athletes. We have track college athletes. I think we used each of our abilities to our advantages, and we learned how each person can make an impact and help, and each little person tied in to make a championship team. So in other words, the more you learn, the more you were able to uh, yeah. uh, adjust and uh, adapt to what was happening. Definitely. And, yeah. and it showed in the final game when you guys were able to hold not only hold Urbana down, but, but find the way to pull off the winning play. Uh, Riley, to be a part of the first girls flag football season in Frederick County as a varsity sport, what did, what did that mean to you? Um, well, I'm going to be honest. At first, I didn't want to do it. I was a bit nervous. I you were? Yeah. I didn't, think, I didn't think that I was really like football material, but you know, my mom encouraged me to do it, and I'm grateful because now I get to be a part of this awesome team and get to be the first championship flag, girls flag football team. So. What, what changed your mind? What, what made you want to do it? I saw that all my other friends were joining, and I was like, you know, this could be fun. This could be an awesome opportunity. So I just thought it would be, I don't know, awesome, I guess. Yeah, and Kaylee, to be a part of this historic season, what, what, what did that mean to you? I mean, there's no better way to spend your senior year than with your friends and doing new things. And, like, not only was this, this experience absolutely amazing, but we got to do it with a group of girls where we're all friends. We never got to play, like, a sport together, though, so... Doing it together, I got to do it with my dad, and that was an amazing experience that I've never had before and I'll never get again. So, I mean, being able to do this with him was absolutely amazing. And and just to say you were a part of this, and, like, I've had so many younger girls ask me about this, and it's just, like, to, to lead the way for other females in this sport, it was it was incredible. Mike, do you think this is going to catch on statewide? Um, it, won't, it won't take too long, right? Not a, not a doubt in my mind. I mean, if you could see... You know, what I saw, I saw a bunch of girls gain confidence every week. I saw a crowd of people in, in what felt like, you know, negative chill factor weather at the championship, you know, there in Baltimore, just screaming at the top of the lungs, raving players on the sidelines, you know, fireworks and smoke and all that. And, and we've had a lot of people reach out, uh, you know, and, and there's, you know, football coaches, NIA Division II football coaches there present trying to give some of the girls from both teams scholarships at the end of it. I mean, it's, I think in the next five years it becomes a D1 scholarship sport. I really do. It's, it, the Ravens are backing it. You know, the, 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 the NFL sounds like they're getting behind their pro athletes being a part of this, and you watch how that grows. And so, I mean, it, in the next five years, this is going to get huge. Yeah, Kaylee Riley said she was skeptical of the football component of it. Uh, she wasn't sure if football was her sport. Were, were you uh, sort of skeptical of that too, or were you looking forward to giving it a try? Not that Riley wasn't, but, but, but you, <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think as soon as I found out this opportunity was being given to us, I was 100% in. My whole like family has grown up around football. My brother plays. Um, my, like it's, We just watch football on Sundays. It's what we do. And I mean, I was definitely like, I was going to do it immediately. had no idea where I was going to play, what position I was going to be, or where my talents were going to lie in football. But, I mean, I was looking forward to it immediately. And, and you were the team's quarterback, and that's one of the most pressurized positions. <laughs> how, how were you able to handle the, the job of being quarterback so well? I'm not going to lie. At first, I handled it horribly, and I <laughs> would just scream. Uh, you, you, your dad's shaking yes there. <laughs> I would just, I would, me and him would get in little arguments because I couldn't <laughs> handle the pressure, but... Eventually, I kind of like my team, like was patient with me, and I think that was a big part of it. They were never mad at me because I mean I was gonna make mistakes. It was brand new, and 
I, I learned so much about the position. Like, you wouldn't think it would be that much pressure, but I will never yell at the quarterback on a Sunday again watching TV because it was it was, it was was very hard. But I think what made the difference was my teammates, like, trusted me and they were patient with me because, I mean, you as a quarterback, you have to memorize the plays just like everyone else, but you have to know what everyone is running because you're looking for it. And you have to know on the RPOs what you're going to do. You have to learn how to read the defense. And, I mean, it was it was challenging, but... I think by the end of the season, I learned how to handle it. And, I mean, we had Ava Allen, who was a running back, so I knew even if I were to make the wrong play on an RPO, she she was there to have my back. And, and the team was also there for me. What was the toughest part at first? Just everything you had to learn or just the simple execution of everything uh, or, or both? Or Yeah. Um... So the execution was definitely a challenge. In track and field, I throw a javelin, and you wouldn't think it's a completely different type of form, but I was throwing a football like a javelin, and that was not working. (laughs) It was going like three feet above everyone's heads. So the accuracy, learning the plays, patience, and then when the game finally had slowed down for me, that's when our plays started to happen. That's when like we got to see the the long passes and the and the short passes and the floods work because I could I could read it and that is when is when the game really started to change. And at what point did that happen? I would say the first game where I really felt myself be able to read the defense was the Catoctin game. I think it was the fifth fifth game of the season. So about halfway through the season. Yeah, about yeah. halfway through. Right. And Riley, how did you become the team's center? Um, it was kind of during the first day of tryouts. I mean, we were <laughs> rotating d- during drills, and they had me go at center. And I snapped the ball, and I hear Baker behind me. And he's like, geez, do that again. And that's just what happened. And, and what did you think of playing center, and how difficult a position was that to learn for you? Um, it kind of came to me naturally, but, you know, I don't know. It just came to me naturally. I mean, I had to work at getting the ball to Kaylee faster. <laughs> Because it's a fast game, you know, like the rushers are coming straight at her. So right. getting and, it faster was really important. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you have to adjust to, right? And, yeah. And, yeah and, and everyone's learning this at the mm-hmm. same time, it seems, because this hadn't been done before, it, it, at least in Maryland. So so the learning curve is big for everyone. And, and everyone's just learning their positions. Was, was that tough, Kaylee? Because not only are you learning, it's like every the receivers have to know yeah. where they're going, too. Right. And if they don't, then the whole play is screwed up. Yeah, I mean, you right? definitely... I think the main thing in the beginning and even to the end was just patience and like trusting the process. That was something our team lived by. We said all practice, every practice was just trust the process because no one is going to learn how to play football in a second. We've like all been around football. We had a couple of cheerleaders that are there at every single football game, but you don't understand the pace of the game. And I would say this game is, is even faster than, than you would see on a Friday night because the rushers, I mean, as soon as that ball is snapped, they're in your face within two seconds. So just trusting each other, trusting the process was a big part of that. I mean, you never saw girls on our team screaming at each other. We just, we trusted each other, and I think that's what led us to, to where we got. Well, what did it mean to you guys to get to take part in some of the cool events? Like, you went to the Ravens facility. You, was, you got to attend yeah. a, a training camp practice. Uh, Coach Harbaugh, uh, John Harbaugh, he, he spoke to you guys. You had the big uniform reveal. <laughs> just, just what, uh, and just going to the Under Armour facility for the championship game, just yeah. to be a part of all those big events, what was that like? The Ravens made this experience absolutely amazing. I mean, this would not have been the same without it. I think without the Ravens, this would have gone unnoticed, and, and people wouldn't have taken the kind of appreciation to it that they have. But, I mean, the at the Ravens Center, the first day we were there, 
is is with the the jersey reveals that was amazing they made us feel so special i think the opening day the first day we played urbana and all 10 teams in the county were there the fireworks the ravens players cheerleaders poe the mascot i mean they were the ones that really pulled this whole thing together and without the ravens i think like i said it would have gone unnoticed and and not so monumental like it is and then up into the championship game I mean, that was amazing too the facility that they provided us amazing the the support they gave us I mean they really made it feel like like us as girls football was as valuable as as boys football was and so without them I don't think it would have been would have been the same experience oh what do you think Riley I thought it was an amazing experience you know you had these big NFL flair NFL players coming out to like watch us and all the I mean all the football boys were jealous <laughs> they definitely wanted to have a Ravens player at their game and it just made us feel seen and like heard yeah what 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 do you think of the big events there Mike that the Ravens and Under Armour put on again if, if if you could see what I see the way that these kids carried themselves after that they really felt like rock stars and they were important and and these kids are so special like these two right here I can tell you um Last weekend, there's a youth league girls flag football championship, and guess what? They're on the sideline helping coach. You know, they're giving back already. So, yeah, the Ravens and, and Kevin Kendro needs to get attention. I mean, they they are they are special. You know what they did for these girls. Uh, this is not going anywhere. It's going to pick up so much steam, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Are you guys Ravens fans, or did you become Ravens fans? I have I have always been a Ravens fan. You you okay? I, yes. So so were you excited when Coach Harbaugh was addressing oh, the was, team and it stuff? Was awesome, getting to meet these people that you see on TV. It's 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 pretty cool. And, and did you get to high five Lamar? Yeah, and... I had. We got to see Lamar, and then at the championship game, I had Queens come up to me, and he was like, "You're a dog," and and I will never forget that. That was awesome. <laughs> right. Are, are are you a big Ravens fan, uh, Riley? I mean, now I am. My dad's a Chiefs fan, so I can't really say it. But okay, <laughs> all right, that's all right. But but what was the cool? What what player did you? Uh, get the high five and what memorable experience did you have at, at, I also high fived Lamar Jackson it was pretty cool <laughs> it was pretty cool were, were, were some of your friends pretty jealous and stuff like that yes or, definitely uh, they were yeah and and, and uh, Saturday it hasn't been released yet but uh, July uh, I'm sorry December 10th uh, they play who is it the Rams right guys yeah the Rams, yes. the, the, Rams. The, the Rams and they're gonna go onto the field they're gonna honor us and we're all gonna they're gonna make a tunnel uh, a gauntlet as the players are coming out of the fireworks and they're going to high five these guys again as they take the field that day it's going to be pretty cool do you guys get the scrimmage or anything or is it just going to be the the, the high five just and, uh, they're just okay. going to honor them that day uh, awesome and it's fitting that they're playing the rams because the rams have rob uh, havenstein uh, who's, who's who's a ligonor graduate so there will be lots of frederick county connections at that rams game on uh, december the 10th uh in baltimore did you guys like the uniforms oh they were awesome yeah. I, they looked like like Middletown, bleeding orange. <laughs> you, you did because fashion obviously is very important to young girls. But <laughs> and you guys weren't critical of the uniforms at all. You, no, you, you, you really liked. It was them. amazing. They provided them to us. No complaints at all. They looked great. Right. Um, how, how do you think the season unfolded, Mike? Were, 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 were there little were there little tweaks that you would like to see made? Or we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Just how the final game ended. But but what, what do you think overall? Just the structure of the games and just the, the sport itself. What a learning curve. You know, everything I knew about, about football, coaching high school football, you, you know, that first day. And, and Andy Baker had taught me so much. This is what a learning experience was for me. And I've been doing this for 29 years. 
and uh, at high school and college level. And I, I learned more this year maybe in this sport than anything else I've ever done. You know, we get smoked by Urbana that first night. And like I said, what we learned is we had the wrong kids in the wrong spot running the wrong offense and the wrong defense. That was all that was wrong. <laughs> so, you know, Baker being the magician he is and humble, you know, we, we, we talk and he's, you know, we, we, we call him Ted Lasso. Uh, what I realize is because he, he, he's always, you know, empowering people and being kind to others. And that's his style of leadership where I'm a little bit more uh, business like, like, hey, we got to get we got to get our work done. We got to get this done. And, and we balanced each other well. Uh, and, and it was fun coaching with him. But, you know, he taught me coaching girls is a whole lot different than coaching boys. And I was terrible at coaching girls. The first game against Urbana, <laughs> what I realized, you know, coaching my own daughter, Kaylee, you know, we we're buttonheads. And I realized, man, uh, Bake, I need your help here, especially, you know, coaching my own kid is hard. And anybody that's ever coached your own kid, I think, could relate to that. Well, so, well was Dad struggling at, at first there, uh, Kaylee? I, just, or? I think we didn't agree on things. And when there was a problem, like, even if I had a separate coach that wasn't my father, I probably wouldn't have, you know, yelled at him when his plays didn't work. But <laughs> the, the first game, we, we butt heads a little bit. So, so when the play doesn't work, it's it's dad's fault? or You know, I'm going to have to say it was that night. <laughs> I, uh, the first night, why, why, why was it dad's fault the first night? I just, the, the, we had no idea what we were doing. I think we were trying to put two complicated plays in when we had had, like, a week of practice versus a team that's had years of practice. And, and we just, we weren't ready for, for what we were doing. By the end of the season, we knew it. But that first game, we had no idea. Yeah, but wasn't that to be expected to some degree that you yeah. that there were going to be hiccups and, oh, and, yeah, it was and bumps expected. in that first? I just didn't that, handle and, it well. And, and, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there were so there, the, the learning curve was so great. So, you know, we Baker and I looked at each other like, okay, what do we do well? And we thought, well, let's – you know, any good coach is going to identify their strengths and minimize their weaknesses. And, and you know, your, your perception is it's seven on seven. So it's shotgun, it's passing every time. And what we realized quick is, you know, watching Urbana with a four or five year start and they were brilliantly coached and, and had amazing athletes. We're coaching our girls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's it. We, Baker chose to, he said, listen, let's make this fun. Let's get all the kids out from other sports. We'll, we'll, we'll have practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play on Wednesdays. And and most of, many of our girls were dual sport kids. Again, field hockey, um, um, cheer, and oh, cheerleading, and and, and no. soccer. And so it was like, okay, uh, even when we have everybody on Tuesday, Thursday, we don't have everybody. So how are we going to do this? So we simplify the offense. And we said, you know, what if we 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 possess the ball? We, you know, we become like the, like an old school high possession team. So we started running RPOs. Uh, we started running the ball more than we passed, which is unconventional, right, for, for seven on seven. And then, um, you know, Kaylee had 80% passing per percentage on the season. We ran high uh, efficiency passing that, that we just negated the negative yards. And so it was, you know, let's get four yards, let's get four yards. And, and then what we really thought we had to, we had to change things was defensively. We, we, we took two Division One track stars, Kaylee and Ava, put them in the front line and said, guys, you, know, you got to apply pressure, and sometimes we brought some zone blitzes from other places. Uh, and, and I don't know, you know, it, it, the surprise of it was good. Uh, you got about a second and a half as a quarterback to make a read and release the ball, you know, on the rush. Because even at the youth level, there's a three-second delay before they're allowed to rush. The NFL flag rules that we play by, there is no delay. So you can rush your whole team, and, and, and we took advantage of that. And that's where our season changed, I think was defensively, mm, you know, we, 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 in the championship, we give up six total points in two games on the night that night. And, and the reason is these girls were just so good defensively. They would apply a lot of pressure.
a lot of the games were low scoring. Was it was it great defense? Was it everyone learning how to play offense? Was it a combination of the two, or why were why were most of the games so low scoring? The the, the rules, you know, uh, there are every school we played was well coached. I mean, the coaching to this was very very good. Uh, we didn't we didn't see a, you know a bad coach team the whole season, and the athletes were were ferociously fast. So with no delay, they're coming off the edge. I mean, you know, how open can you get down the field if you have about a second and a half to, you know, read your first, second, and third read and then and then throw the ball. So, you know, our thing with Kaylee was, okay, we're gonna simplify this, you know, cut the field in half, look long to short. You got two reads. You're not you don't have enough time to make a third or fourth read. So we tried to simplify it. And I think the kids got comfortable the longer we coached them, you know, and and, and again Baker taught me so many lessons. Greg, maybe the most valuable thing that I learned that, that, that was maybe the valuable part to our season was something called Moody Mondays. <laughs> oh and, goodness. you know, again, this is Andy Baker being Ted Lasso. He's just a magician with kids. He's so good. So every Monday, you know, I would book from Catoct and, and, and we'd have get together practice, volunteer practice on Monday for those that could make it. So I get there and they'd be in a powwow, a little circle. You know, as I'm coming down 15, and I said, what is going on? And Moody every Monday, Mondays. they had Moody Mondays. You want to tell them what it was? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mondays are hard, let me tell you. So when we would all come to practice at 2.45, the first thing we would do is we would sit in our little circles and talk about something that upset us or made us moody on that Monday. And I think it actually helped. I think, yeah. like, we got we got it out so it didn't drag on us yeah. at practice. Like, bad test. Okay. We would talk about it. We One girl didn't have a dress to homecoming. We got her a dress. Yeah, it was amazing. Dress. And and then I think it kind of, like, took the pressure off to mm-hmm. have, like, a really good, smooth practice on Monday that carried into Wednesday. So. Now, question, did it have to be a negative thing or could it have been you a positive thing? a positive thing. thing. If you okay. had a great Monday, you could talk about your great Monday. But if you had a... But usually it was a release. I didn't hear too many great things. Right? No, there was rarely great. <laughs> it was kind of like it's, it's more fun and easier to complain. I, I, <laughs> yes, I, on a Monday, I, I, I think for most people. Yes, so. on a Monday, it is easier to say something negative than positive. Right, and, and did that just clear the air and just? It kind of did. Yeah, I mean, we were like, totally. No matter how like, I mean, our practices were serious. Like we were intense, but no matter how intense, I think we were still having fun. And that was mm-hmm. another big part of this was no one signed up. For, for a stressful time or for something that they weren't going to enjoy. So this was always fun. And then I think that also made it more fun. Did your dad and Coach Baker uh, get to take part in Moody Mondays uh, too? Yes. Well, yes. Baker would always <laughs> intake in his Moody Mondays. And then my father would show up and his mindset was, what is going on? Like, why, why are we running? Why aren't we doing something? And but I think so. So your release, Mike, was why aren't the girls working? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, well, much. Why yeah. isn't practice walk, started yet? Yeah. He'd walk up with his hands up and be like, like the first one. He got there. We had just started. He was he was like coming from Catoctin, and practice should have been going for about thirty minutes. And and he was like, uh, why are we just stretching? And we were all like, well, we had to have Moody Monday. Well, he didn't get it. <laughs> well, were people capped on Moody Mondays or? Oh yeah, um, we, we, uh, practice what? was not starting without a Moody Monday. Okay, but like, how long like did everyone get to speak? Like, if you got up to speak at Moody Monday, Kaylee, uh, how long <laughs> how long would you get to speak? As long as my problem was. Really? <laughs> yes. I mean, but how long do Moody Mondays last? Uh, this, this sounds like like, like an hour fifth, long process. No, right. like 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 I'd minutes. Say. Everyone cleared the air in ten to fifteen minutes. I I, 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 almost, I almost find that hard to believe. You'd say your so, problem, which usually wasn't more than like, oh, I got a bad test grade, or like I've had a headache all day, and then, and then you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, and then it would that would kind of. <laughs> okay, it. all right. So so you just you just 
mention what was bothering you, but sometimes you have to work p- Right, I mean, when Homegirl didn't things, have a homecoming right? dress, we went through, that was our long day. We went through sizes everyone had, previous colors. Uh, well, we, we did this, everyone grabbed their phones. Yep, and, yep, yep. Uh, show us previous dresses, show us your sizing. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. How, ma- how many of the world's problems did you solve on Moody Mondays? A lot of them. You, a you, lot of, you, a you lot did? of problems. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Um, so Moody Monday was efficient, and, and, and the games were designed to be efficient, too. What what, what did we think of the games, the running clock, the length of the game meant to be no more than an hour? Uh, what was, I'm, I'm sure that took some adjusting to, to get used to that. Just what, what did we think of just the way the game was structured? Yeah, the way it's laid out is different, Greg, because you know, everything you knew, you, you no longer know. So I'll give you an example. It's, it's like the second game of the year, you know. Um, when you get a first down, you know, the rules, we thought there were 20, every 20 yards was a first down. Well, that first first down was eight yards away, then 20, then 20. Mm-hmm. So um, one time we, you know, an opposing team got a first down and, and, and they, they made it, say, an additional 12 yards past the first down. Well, they still only had to go first and eight, and we couldn't understand that. Like, how could it be a first and eight? You know, it's 20 yards on a first down. Well, wherever that ball stops, if that ball stopped a yard from the next marker, it's a first and one. And, and so, it, you know, that's different than, than anything I was used to in, in, in real football, you know. Uh, so so there was, there was some, some adjustments for sure. The, the, like you said, the running clock. But, you know, part of being a, a coach, I think, is knowing the rules and how can you use them, you know. So, you know, Coach Baker was, was you know, we, again, we had talked. We wanted to be a high-possession you know, move the ball short, uh, RPOs, uh, high high efficiency runs, and keep that clock running nonstop. And Andy was a genius, I thought, at managing the game. And that was our design. You know, playing a really good Ligonor and a really good Urbana team in the championship, you know, we wanted to minimize their possession. You know, if we it's like it's like playing Michael Jordan. You know, if I if I challenge Michael Jordan to a basketball shooting contest with a hundred shots, he's going to smoke me. But if I say, hey, three shots. I got a chance, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to minimize the game. So we minimize their amount of plays and minimize our amount of plays We're using that clock. And uh, we hope we hoped it, it would favor us. What were the big adjustments you had to make, um, Kaylee, just to the clock, the way the game was structured, learning the rules, just what, what were the big things that you had to catch yeah. on to? I'd say, honestly, were, were we like – there was, like, motion rules, and a lot of it's the same as football, but running the clock, like, that was something I definitely had to adjust to because, like, you want to know when to say down, set, go. Like, you need to know when to say hike with how much time left on the clock because if, if you're up by one like one touchdown, you're not you're not running the clock when there's 28 seconds left before you have to. Like, you're going to say it when there's two seconds left. Or if I knew Baker was going to going to punt it, you hold, you sit there and you let that clock run out before he says punt, and, and that was something that I had to adjust to. What were the big adjustments for you, uh, Riley? I would say the time. I mean, it goes by it goes by quick. Like you've only got, I'd say, thirty seconds between when the ref blows his whistle and calling out a play, and you've got to get it down. I mean, it was just it was a lot quicker than what I was expecting. Yeah. So if the Urbana game in week one was a sort of a bit of a disaster uh, <laughs> a lesson uh, 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 a lesson l- 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 that's a better word let's use the word lesson how long did it take you guys to get to start playing your best like h- how many weeks before you were playing your best f- well football? after urbana we had another tough matchup frederick and we spent the time in between urbana and frederick just learning football and like learning 
this is what like this is how to run the ball like this is how you catch the ball just like the common core like factors of playing football and and that was the difference and I think we started just relying on our athleticism and and like worked from there and I mean we didn't throw the ball a lot and when we did it didn't work at first so just running it I say was how we started to really get a good feel for the game yeah when did you feel you started playing your best uh Riley I would say yeah I would say about the Frederick game too I mean they were they were a tough team. They were fast. They were aggressive. But you know, we trusted each other. We sort of sort of had it down. But yeah, that was a tough game. And I say that we turned it around right then. Well, was it a lot easier to play defense than offense? Yeah. Yes and yes and no. I would say from it was easier to be a rusher than a quarterback because you kind of, like you'd think, oh, I'm just running at the quarterback. But containing was a big thing. I mean, these girls are fast. These running backs, I knew a lot of them personally through track and field. I mean, these are fast girls, so containing people was was harder than you would think it would be. But I mean, probably being a quarterback, I would say, was harder than rushing. What well, was there a technique to pulling the flag? Was, was, was yeah, that, was definitely that. Pulling the flag was the hardest part of this game. Was was getting the flag hardest part of defense and, and maybe even offense was just getting the flag. So. You went for the top of the flag, the very top, as close to the, to the buckle as you could. You pull the bottom of the flag, nine out of ten times your hand slipping off of it. Top of the flag, you have a pretty good chance. Well, was that an adjustment in itself, just learning how to pull the flag? Yeah, you'd Definitely. think it'd be a lot easier than it is. I mean, we've all played, like, high school flag football games, like, just for fun, like turkey bowls and stuff, and it's it's just flags that come right off. I mean, these belts, they lock in, and you have to pull aggressively and hard. I mean, you have athletes like Ava Allen doing spin moves left and right, and that's almost impossible to pull, so two hands go for one on each side or one on two hands on one flag I mean it, it was the hardest part of the game was pulling the flag but but are you sort of surprised like how good everyone was playing defense given how hard it is to pull the flags and and yeah and, and, and stop I mean people. there were right like Urbana was is one of them Ligonor was another one that had really good blockers that made it with that running backs coming around the corner it's hard to get around them and get the flag you're right. like diving for it half the time right now, the way these games end, sometimes they go to overtime, and the overtime rules are, are different because you have different options. You have a one-point play, a two-point play, and a three-point play. Uh, and in your game with Urbana, the championship game, you guys kept going into extra <laughs> periods. And I think you were in the third overtime. And yeah. did, did you know the rules for the third overtime? No. So well, we did not know. No. We knew the rules for the first two. The third overtime, that was completely new to us. So, so you were learning on the fly, the officials yeah, at, yeah. at, at the game? I mean, game? we were confused. They had set the ball up going the opposite direction of, of the end zone we had been scoring in with, I mean, a 100-yard field. And, and you were curious, oh, why are we going this way? No idea why. And then that's when the refs told um, Baker that it's the most yards. And that is when, like, we had, we had no idea what was going on. Mike, how much did you know as a coach? I mean, Andy knew the rule. Uh, I did not. I, I even inter interceded and I said to the official, I said, we're facing the wrong way. <laughs> he says, no, coach, on the third overtime, we go this way. And no one had ever seen a third overtime before. So, you know, a lot of pressure goes into that decision. And Andy, you know, he, Andy's, Andy's always going to de-escalate and, and simplify. And that's why I think our kids started playing so free. He was so good at that. And at the end of the day, do what you do well, you know? So what, what, what do we call game on the line? You know, the toughest thing we think to do in the game is, is to pull a flag. So a handoff to Ava, she gets two yards, and, and you know, we reverse the pressure. Right, and, and the game ended. How, what do you think about the way the game ended? I mean, with, with a team outgaining another team, do you, do you like that rule, or would you rather see it uh, decided in another way? You know, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm the guy to ask that. You know, at, at the end of the day, 
I guess I mean it went it went your way it went your way. It did. And we made a decision. you know, we made a decision. We rushed three on that last play. We blitzed we blitzed three, which means we only had four left to cover their six. So we took a shot that we would get to get home before and, and it paid off. But you know, at the end of the day, I guess it's fair for everybody, and everybody has to do the, you know, the same rules. I, I guess that when they wrote the rule, and again, this is the NFL. We don't write this. The NFL does it, and they've been so good to us. I don't want to. I guess I don't want to criticize them, but they're trying to speed the game up. I guess because in most areas, what I understand of the country, um, they're they're played either before varsity boys football games in in other states, and or or JV football games. And I guess when they they said, look, this is a great thing, but, you know, how can we make sure that it doesn't go, you know, six hours? And, and I guess that was their solution. Uh, did you always have a set game plan for overtime? Like, we're going for the one-point play, we're going for the two-point? The two did, did, did it depend on how the game was unfolding, or did you have a plan for overtime? <laughs> it's funny you say this. So, uh, you know, usually we would go for one, but, you know, which, which one we did, we'd practice during the week. But uh, game on the line, season on the line. You know, Andy Baker is literally drawing up plays in the dirt. He 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 had ran so many plays at, at at those guys during the course of the championship that he decides to ad lib and on the sideline he's telling the girls, you know, you're gonna cross this way, you're gonna cross this way, and 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 it and it worked against Ligonor in the in the uh, with the, for the one touchdown. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, Andy was really good at, at, at adjusting on the fly. Was there a temptation to go for more points because the, the further back? The, the more points you have to go further back. Like I think the three point was what from ten yards or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. For for us, we knew our identity. We were a defensive team. We were very very good on defense all year. Again, we've got two track stars, three track stars, really rushing. Uh, we knew our defense was good. We you know we had a zillion interceptions on the season, and and we picked up steam as the season went on. Our defense really was our strength. So we were going to always put in our defensive hands to win to win or lose. Right. And, and Kaylee, I know you're a big football fan, and I know it went your way, but. Sort of an anticlimactic way to end the end a championship game to have a team outgain a team by two yards, right? No, yeah, I would agree with that, and I just think at that point, I mean, there like there was not a minute of downtime in that whole game. We had been running the whole time; both sides had been, and and I think at that point, I mean, we had tried two times for the extra points, and I don't know how much longer we would have been doing that. I mean, I, I didn't hate the way they finished the game. I thought it. It worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys got got the stop you yeah. needed, so it was it was a legitimate achievement, yeah. uh, getting getting the stop. But from the fans' perspective, they said, "Oh man, you yeah, gained by two I can yards." Understand in one. How that yeah, can be said. And, and, right. and, and, and make no mistake. I mean, our band is one heck of a team. Great players, great coaches, and for them to lose it that way, uh, yeah, we're we're sensitive to that. That 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 had to be hard. Right. What tweaks would you make, Mike? What what what, what changes might you like to see in your I second season? I think I would season? delay the rush. Would be the first thing. You know, when, when when these kids are coming as fast as they are. Again, these are Division one athletes. One girl's going to Clemson. Uh, she she she's going somewhere, and so it, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really hard for these kids to learn the game. How are these quarterbacks, you know, going to learn? that are new to, to football. And I mean, you know, so new that, like for us, our terminology, one day we messed up a play in practice and Baker's yelling, you know, no good, no good. Girls, get on the ball, get on the ball. And you see 13 set of eyes stare at the football. And I was like, and he yells again, get on the ball, get on the ball. <laughs> they think he, he was saying stand on the ball, you know. He, he's trying to, girls, that's football lingo for line up again. You know, we had to explain that kind of stuff. So just, yeah. It, the game is is great and it's, it's awesome. But yeah, a little few tweaks. I, I would let the quarterbacks, because that's such a big piece of every every game, football game, isn't it? Let them figure it out. You know, let, let have a three second delay before they rush. You know, and, and, and give that quarterback just a little bit of time. To do you, do you like the running clock? Is that good? 
I, I, I don't love it. Again, from the kids' perspective, I, we want to coach, we want to develop kids, and, and you know, you can, you can definitely maximize burning the clock to your advantage, you know, and we did sometimes, to be honest. So, yeah, I, you know, but I, I guess I get that we're part of a, a bigger scheme, too, on a Friday night, if that's the case. But, but what, what clock stoppage would you like to see after t- score, uh, touchdowns? For, I mean, like, when would you like to see maybe some stoppages come in? Well, you know, if you run out of bounds, like regular football, that should be a clock stopper. I get that. But if you stay in bounds, you know, let's teach our kids, you know, the, the, the rules and have them, you know, have the clock run the way it should. And, you know, runs and passes, there's really no difference at their level like there is, you know, in the NFL. Let's make it a difference. Incomplete pass, stop yeah. the clock. Yeah. Okay. You know, let's, let's make it a difference. And so you're punished for certain things. And some rules, the really rules I like to see change are the, are the, are the harshness of the penalty. You know, you jump off sides. You only get three on, on fourth down, you had to, you, you know, you, you would either punt uh, or, or go for it. Most times you would punt unless you were obviously pretty close to that, to that line. So you jump off sides, you lose a down. That is significant when you only really had three to get that first down. Now you're down to two and you lost 10 yards. So it's 10 yards and a loss of down. So now it's second in, in 30. I mean, that's significant. Right. Uh, Kaylee, I appoint you the czar of Frederick County girls flag football. What, what changes do we make for season two? Hmm. Um, I agree with the clock change. I think it's going so fast you almost don't have the time to stop and learn, like in the game. It's, you reflect on it after. Do you think stopping the clock for out-of-bounds plays incomplete, do you think that would add that much more time to the game? I think it would It would give you time to, like, like breathe and, like, be like, okay, next play, forget that one. I think that would be a big thing because when um, Ava Allen or one of us would run out of bounds, it's like, okay, back on the line, let's go, go, go. Like, clock's running, we need to score. Right, and, and that's that's a lot of pressure. Okay, so the clock maybe incorporates some st- natural mm-hmm. stoppages. Uh, yeah. Was there anything else you'd yeah, say you said you would like to tweak or another thing? Back to the penalties on, and I mean, it was just as easy to get a defensive penalty as it was on offense. I mean, flag guarding was a big thing, and I mean sometimes it's it's just not like can, it happens to all of us. But um, another thing was like when you're going full speed, it is very hard to just change directions very quickly and. Sometimes there would be, like, intentional, like, like you would just hit a person. And, I mean, you don't mean to hit people. Like, it's it's a non-contact sport. But I think the – sometimes things would happen and and it would be hard to get out of the way or, like, to move. And I think there should be more room for, like, accidental plays because, I mean, no one's trying to truck anybody. But, I mean, it's going to happen when Ava's spinning on, like, a million dollars an hour. So, <laughs> I mean – just, just a little bit more, like, breathable areas in the game a little bit because we're all still learning. Right. Uh, Riley, were there changes you would like to see? Mm, definitely the time plays. I mean, I feel like if we go out of, out of bounds or we drop a pass, we need to have time to brush that off and be able to reset and go to the next play because if you're just angry at yourself, you're not going to do well on that next play. You just need that time to reset. Did you feel the penalties were a little overly harsh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I get the flag guarding, but sometimes when you're running full speed, full speed, you've got to get like your mechanics, your arm mechanics. And when the hand goes past the flag, I mean, they call it every time, but sometimes I feel like it's just an accident. It shouldn't be like that harsh. Or Kaylee, you're a senior, right? Yeah. And are you a senior too, Riley? Yes. Okay. So, so I mean, to, to get the chance to to take part in this like what what sort of stories do you think you'll tell in in the future about getting to take part in this (laughs) well I mean we're the first ones you know I feel like that's pretty cool you just 
someone's like, oh, well, what'd you do in high school? You know, I was the first flag girls, girls flag football championship in the state of Maryland. And, and, and you won, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just an awesome... I mean, my little sister plays on the Frederick County uh, flag football team, and she won her championships. That's the game that me and Kaylee were at. And it was just an awesome feeling, you know, to be able to make such an impact on younger girls and to be able to be the first ones to do it. What, what do you think your big memories will be, Kaylee? I will, I mean, I can say that the highlight of my high school career was, was that moment after the last play in the Urbana game. I mean, that feeling was absolutely unreal. It was amazing. And I, and being part of this is amazing because you look at football my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, and you're like, this would be such an amazing opportunity to be a part of something like this. And, and the way the Ravens funded it, like, this is something we'll never forget. Like, this is something I will tell will tell my children in, in a couple of years. And, I mean, this was just, it was amazing. It brought a, not only a group of girls together, it brought our community together, I think, in a way as well. I mean, there were people at that games that, had no one on the flag football team, no one no one they were related to, and, and they just wanted to come and support us. And I think that was really big, too, for girls' sports at Middletown. Oh, what, what, are, what are your friends and other girls talking about in school? Or are, are they, yeah, are, I, think, I think a lot of people are going to come out next year. I think they're going to have a problem with how many people are actually going to come out next year. I mean, we had large student sections at our football games as well. I mean, people loved it, not just, like, the guys and the football team, but we had a lot of girls there that – I mean, I know a lot of my junior friends have said they're coming out next year. Like, my whole basketball team, they've already decided they're doing it next year. We had a lot of girls regret that they didn't do it this year. And I think Middletown has so much athletic talent. I mean, they're going to be a force to reckon with for years to come. Well, what, what do you see as the immediate future uh, for this sport, Mike? Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine is a supervisor in, in uh, Wacomico County. Uh, he sent his, his uh, director up to... Uh, watch the game and you know and and and, and see if it's viable and and, and of course uh, all these counties are I mean it's it, again it's going to grow exponentially next year it's going to be pretty doggone big the year after that it's going to be really big and then you know the year of the Olympics it's going to bring so much attention I, I read an article recently that called it the new pickleball it's going to sweep the country in the next three years and if you're looking for a stock investment somehow get in on you know flag football um, and again just to watch this thing grow this this excitement this the, the the coverage you know the the Ravens want to take one of our kids' uniforms and 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 uh, uh, retire it you know at their, at their put stadium. it up in the facility yeah, yeah right. for all time and that's that's just so cool that these kids got to be a part of that you know you can't bottle it and sell it I will you know and I'll always remember the the the, the hug you know <laughs> the championship hug with my daughter you know nobody can ever take that away from me there was no trophy that makes you feel you know that good it was incredible. Will there be more than one county in Maryland than Frederick playing flag football next season, do you 100%. think? 100%. I, I would say there's there'll be over 10. You think over 10? Uh, ne- ne- next fall, we'll, next we'll, fall. We'll, have 10, we'll have 10 county. And, and how long do you think before maybe a state championship becomes I, I viable? I give it one more year. One I more year. two okay. years, you will, you will see it at the state level. And in five years, I think you'll see a Division One team you know, scholarship. It's an NAI, NAI level, Division Two level, it's already taken off. And you and Coach Baker will be smarter next year too, right? <laughs> uh, when you get started? These kids taught us a lot. Now, I don't know that we're very smart, but we had some pretty good athletes, and we were smart enough to know to give them the ball and stay out of the way. Are, are Coach Baker and, and your dad going to be smarter uh, to, to avoid some of the falls <laughs> of game one next year, uh, Kaylee? Or? I think this was a learning curve for all of us, and, and I think a lot of knowledge came out of it, so they'll probably... I don't think I think by the championship game they were doing pretty well though. Our defense was the best in the county. Offense, we worked with it. I think I think they know what they're doing now. All right. 
guys, congratulations again. Thanks so much for coming in. It, it, it was awesome to be able to cover it and just see see how it's unfolded because this, this was new for all of us too, and we, we had a lot of fun doing that. So my thanks to Riley Kennedy, to Kaylee Franklin, and to Mike Franklin for coming in. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, and happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, holidays uh, coming up. Uh, we appreciate you checking us out here on The Final Score, and we'll be back with another episode next week. So my thanks to producer... Graham Cullen, uh, Alexander Dacey, and John Cannon, my colleagues here at the FNP. I'm Greg Swatek. I appreciate you listening to The Final Score, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks.